0: You are listening to Share a Slice with Sean.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Share a Slice. I'm your host, Sean McGuire. So on this show, I'm happy to have on two guests... And we're going to be discussing the condition called misophonia. And uh, basically, misophonia is a condition where certain sounds can cause extreme um, psychological or even physiological reactions in people. Um... Some common examples are squishy mouth sounds, uh, heavy breathing, crunching of food, etc. And I'm sure everybody, many of you have probably experienced aggravation when someone is crunching something very loudly, but this is something on a whole other level. This is more than just aggravation. This is actually a physical response. So on the show, there will be two interviews. The first one will be with um, Aaron. And the second one will be with Aristotle, OG Aristotle. And, uh, at first I thought of maybe cutting some of the interview out because some of the, my questions and some of my, um, examples that I used are the same in both interviews, but I really didn't want to, you know, um, undermine the integrity of both of these, uh, rather emotional interviews um it's pretty heavy stuff so i kept my stuff in even though as you may tell um during the second interview at least with aristotle um i kind of poked in my own theory about something and it, it just i don't think i really got the full complexity and the full amount of pain and suffering involved with misophonia when i did it so that might come over that way, and uh, for that, I I accept full responsibility, uh, not being someone who has the condition myself. So, uh, without further ado, let's jump right into the interview with Erin about her misophonia.
2: Um, mostly, it's a huge inconvenience. Um, for me, it's been really difficult to kind of talk about. Um, It means a lot of things for me and it's a bit complicated. Um, I think I've been experiencing this since I was about 10 or 12 years old. So it's been something that I've sort of carried with me throughout my life. Um, But I only found out recently that it had a name and that actually had sort of like a definition of what this was. And so for me now, it's something that I'm kind of learning to approach and more of a proactive way and sort of, you know, be more open about it. So it's still complicated. I'm still kind of figuring out what it means to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the definition, I guess, the literal sense of the words, because it's a Greek term is misophonia means a hatred of sounds. But it's not all sounds. It's just some sounds that cause um, discomfort usually in people that have that condition
2: correct yeah and i have uh several trigger sounds myself um for me it's mostly um like mouth and organic noises so things like chewing um crunching slurping swishing gurgling things like that really bother me um i also don't like loud breathing sniffling um whistling like whistly breathing too um throat clearing, snoring. And I also don't like when people have like hard C's and or like wet C's and like hard S's. Those really stick out to me. So those are some of like my main triggers. But I'm also kind of triggered by continuous sounds and only certain ones. So things like keyboard clacks really bother me. Like people who type fast or use one of those really old keyboards really bothers me. And I also don't like pen tapping, uh, paper crumbling. I don't like chip bag wrappers. Like the movie theater is just terrible for me me um and i also don't like silverware like tapping plates and stuff so that's i'm sure i'm missing plenty but those are kind of an example of some of the triggers that i have
1: yeah i mean i can under i can understand some of those things i, I know that um modern wrapping like modern especially food wrappers for processed food like you know chocolate bars and stuff uh, some of mm-hmm. the plastic is just it makes a ton of noise like you can't be discreet at all with those things
2: no and it even like I get frustrated. Like, if I can't open a chip bag myself, I start to get upset about it.
1: And uh, actually, the the other guest that I I had on the program, he mentioned something that I think maybe summarizes a lot of your triggers, and that's sort of a a wet sound, like kind of wetness.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. But like, it's weird because, like, if you over exaggerate those sounds, I don't find them triggering. Like, I'm a big fan of like Tim and Eric's awesome show, and they always have like gross, I don't know, I always describe them as like wet meat sounds, I feel. And I find that really funny, and I don't like find that triggering at all. So it really is sort of like a spectrum. It has to be kind of within that range for me to find it triggering.
1: Yeah. And for me um, personally, although I don't identify as mis- misophonic, I guess. Um, uh, I I have some friends who, when they eat, they don't bother to take the fork fully out of their mouths before they clo- clench their teeth. So mm. you just hear this scraping noise as the fork kind of scrapes against their their enamel, and I I just can't I just go insane at that point. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, how how could how could you do that? And does that not hurt? But yeah, I mean yeah, um, I mean how how does it? F- feel, I guess, when, when this sort of thing is going on. I mean, when you hear other people in the room, uh, who just chew very loudly, who, or maybe some people who have lots of, um, I guess, mouth noises like false teeth or lots of saliva, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. um, You know, just minimally, I'll, you know, tense up a little bit. My body will feel a bit more tense. Um, I can feel my hands get sweaty and I can kind of feel my heart racing a little bit. So it's kind of like the minimal thing. And then, you know, I'll you know, kind of quietly rage if I can't get away. Um, And maybe, you know, sometimes I'll give the person a dirty look, which I know it's not their fault, but at the moment it's kind of like fight or flight. So I'm kind of going into fight. Um, But in more extreme situations, you know, like if I can't get away, I really will get really upset. I'll start, you know, thinking about confrontation with the person, you know, because I can't fight. I start thinking about fight and usually that just stays in fantasies. And at the most extreme, it's like I give someone a really dirty look, which again, is it's not nice. I'm not usually that type of person. It's really just like in those moments. But I have had really extreme situations where I've actually had a panic attack because I haven't been able to get away. And I've just been trying to, you you know, just power through, <laughs> just power through. It's always terrible advice. Um, But I try to do that and it, it doesn't always work for me. It just ends up where my, you know, my shallow breathing gets even more shallow, my sweatiness, I get even more sweaty and my tightness gets even more tight. So it just kind of builds up if I can't get away.
1: Has, I mean, does this have any kind of like effect on your your everyday functioning? I mean, can you Are you able to watch television or movies or are you able to eat and eat with relatives or friends? Like how is Thanksgiving? That kind of thing. (laughs) Oh
2: Yeah, it really depends. It's so situational, I found. Um, So like eating with other people, if there's like music in the background or a TV on, I'm usually always fine. Um, as long as folks are relatively quiet, like they just eat with their mouth closed and I'm also eating, it usually doesn't trigger me at all. Like my eating sort of like is so loud internally and it's not triggering for me that it sort of kind of overtakes the sounds of other people eating. But there are occasions where I have been with somebody, um, who is an extremely loud eater and it's just like, it's, it's overwhelming. Like a lot of times I just have to leave the room. Um, Um, but it does affect me in my daily life like I just recently started talking with my boss and colleagues about it because I've had so many situations where I'm in like an afternoon meeting one of my colleagues missed lunch you know they deserve to eat but they decide to eat like you know chips or carrots or an apple or something in a meeting and I haven't been able to concentrate like my my whole world kind of stops everything else sort of like numbs out and I'm just like focused in on that sound so it's a lot um a lot of me avoiding certain situations, a lot of me sort of just having some internal rage while I try to like just get past the noise if I can, or me thinking of really, I don't know, clever excuses to get away um, because it's easier than explaining what misophonia is.
1: So, I mean, those are more, I guess those would be your coping mechanism would be more like escape <laughs> if, if possible.
2: Yeah. Escape is number one. Like, that's my number one. Like, if I can just get away, I'm totally fine. But a lot of times, that's not the case.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just thinking of, um, I'm just thinking of like, with the parents or something like that. H- how long have, have you had this? I mean, have you had it since you were a kid? Did you did? Were you triggered since, you know, sitting down with mom and dad and grandpa and grandma, that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, you know, that's how I knew I had it as a kid was uh, my dad, especially. And he still is. He's a terribly loud eater. He's a very sloppy person. Um, And he would agree with that. You know, I'm not I'm not out of character saying that. But like, you know, he's still just to this day, a very loud eater. And... When we used to sit at the dinner table, you know, we kind of had rolls at the table of where each person sat. And uh, unfortunately for me, my seat was right beside my dad. So I just had to grow up hearing him eat. And that was always a constant trigger for me. And, you know, family eating snacks when we're watching like a movie later at night, like that would just trigger me. Like I said, the cats like licking themselves would also really upset me. So these were all things that I've experienced since I was a since I was a kid.
1: Do you have any like um theories about what could be driving this? Like it's a neurological type situation. I, I'm guessing you've had it ever since you were born, right?
2: Yeah, potentially. I I honestly can't trace it back to like a first singular event, but I also, you know, this isn't the only condition that I experience. Like, I also am uh, have a current working diagnosis of bipolar two. So, mm-hmm. part of me kind of suspects that like the anxiety and sort of the things that come with that might have some tie with misophonia. But I you know, there's no really research out there yet. So I have no idea. It's really just my best guess. But if it's not that, then it might be, you know, environmental triggers, like, you know, being around my dad eating loud just maybe (laughs) made it so horrible that my mind is like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be misophonic now. That's too much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Here, I'll share some of my own issues here (laughs) with misophonia, kind of misophonia related. So, I mean, first of all, um, we we bought like the cheapest clock we could find for our living room. So we got this thing at the dollar store and, and it just, the mechanism in it just ticks and it's loud. It mm-hmm. And I can't, I couldn't stand it. Like I was watching movies or I was just sitting in there and the constant ticking drive me, drove me nuts. So I had to order a silent clock off of uh, Walmart just to, and put that in, in this big kind of, it almost looks like it's belongs in a train station or something, but it's the only, or a school, you know, but it's the only silent clock that I could find that was uh, also analog. Um, loud chewing, too. I mean, some people when they chew, I, I mean, I don't know if they're chomping down on the on their jaws like extremely hard, but you can actually hear it across the room. The chewing, and I, I can't stand, I can't stand it. And I can't understand it. How that could be the case? Um, but interestingly, for me at least, uh, I also have touch-type triggers, so uh, I can't wear wool, uh, it irritates me too much, I can't wear turtlenecks, and uh, I had the longest uh, time where I couldn't eat anything in bed. Like the idea of any crumbs or, or anything like, sticking to me just made me freak out, and it's it's still the case with uh, deep-frying. If anybody deep-fries anything in the house, I, I go crazy and I start going in the bathroom and washing my face. So. I mean I I wonder if like uh it's it could be a, something sort of similar but just a different you know a different sense
2: yeah, I mean, there's so many sensory conditions out there, and I think that there's still a lot of research to be done with it. Um, I don't so much have the touch triggers, but I do have visual triggers. Like if I see someone, like you know, about ready to chomp into an apple, you know, like the world kind of goes into slow motion, and like I can see it coming, and I can, you know, feel myself kind of getting the the uh, anxiety sort of effects sort of coming on early, even before I hear the sound.
1: Yeah, um, I I could see that actually, and I could. I mean, what I found uh, going to the uh, the misophonia uh, Reddit group was just that it was like a lot of people talking about how, especially in public places like libraries and things, there, people are, are are basically posting saying, "Oh my god! Like, why is this person eating their their you know their their crackers or or rumpling around the wrapper bag or chomping on this or that?" you know, there's no escape. So, and and that's one thing that I found interesting is, I mean, at least there seems to be a very healthy group on Reddit uh, for people to go to and to uh, share these situations. So maybe people out there who are not, don't have this condition, um, can, can learn a bit about it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I recently found the group within like the last six months or so. And I think for me, most of it's extremely validating. Um, This is a condition that's one that makes you feel a lot of shame, surprisingly, because, you know, essentially I get upset at somebody for like breathing. You know, They're just existing and, you know, people eating, breathing, snoring, coughing, all of those things I named off, like I do those things too. And so they're very human things. And It always just seems outrageous to be so upset by those things and that, you know, you're immature, that you can't handle it. Or, you know, you put all these negative thoughts into your head that try to justify what's wrong with you and why you're like this. But the community online is great because it does give you that validation. You hear from other people, you hear from folks of all different, you know, backgrounds that they have this and it makes you feel a bit more like, okay, like this is a condition. This is something that I have. And like this is something that's valid.
1: Yeah, totally. Actually, uh, during the uh, company Christmas dinner, um, when we went to order soup, um, it was vegetable soup. Actually, no, it wasn't soup. It was actually uh, a salad. Uh, Everybody got a salad, but one of the people there did not get a salad. And everybody asked why. And he he didn't have misophonia, but there was something about the texture of um, vegetables that he couldn't eat he literally would gag when he wanted to when he had to eat vegetables so he was avoiding that the whole the whole thing and people just thought it was sort of a joke you know they they started laughing and they're like oh come on you know oh that's hilarious and and the poor guy got completely um you could tell immediately that this wave of regret went over his face that he even told people why he didn't get a salad. Because he could have just, not a soup rather, no, salad, (laughs) that he couldn't get salad. And I mean, he could have just said, no, I don't eat vegetables, you know, I don't like vegetables. But instead he shared that he had this this problem, like, you know, it was a, a condition in a similar vein, and everybody was just totally trivializing it and uh, later on, to sort of prove it to people, he even put a, a vegetable into his mouth, and you could tell he almost gagged. And it was just really sad that that people didn't take it seriously. And and I I have a feeling that that could be a similar situation with people who come out as you know, with mis- misophonia. People just say, "Oh, get over it," you know what a, what a what a silly condition that is.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. And you see a lot of accounts of that, sadly, on the uh, Misophonia Reddit, where folks have talked to family members, have talked to friends, have talked to colleagues, and they've not been understanding about it. Like, you know, I've not shared this with too many people yet, but I do count myself very lucky in that I work in a university It's a very professional setting so folks are actually really really understanding about other people's uh, disabilities so i find that very comforting so although this is something that's still hard to talk about um, the fact is that when i told my colleagues when i told my boss it wasn't met with them you know making those sounds to kind of pick on me or anything extreme like that it was met with a lot of empathy and you know them trying to understand and trying to figure out ways that we can accommodate so i know that many people are not in those shoes. So I know that I'm really lucky that I have that.
1: What would you say to other people? Like, for instance, first, what would you say to people who have no idea what misophonia is all about? And then what would you say to people who also have misophonia and they're trying to get through the day?
2: Yeah, um, I think for people who don't know what it's about, um, one of the biggest things that I've gotten, um, not so much my colleagues, but like the few friends that I have shared it with, is that this isn't just an annoyance of sound. Um, I get friends that will, when I tell them about it, you know, I try to describe it. They've sort of unintentionally dismissed me by saying something along the lines of, well, you know, I'm also annoyed by those sounds. And I'm like, well, you know, that's great. But like, I go into fight or flight, like, I have a panic attack. I have like violent visions. I'm sweating hard, like, it's extreme. And so I do find it really frustrating um, when folks sort of dismiss things like that. Like your your friend and your salad example, like, that's upsetting. And that's essentially just, you know, folks just absolutely dismissed you. So if somebody is telling you about misophonia, just listen, just try to have empathy, just try to imagine it being even more extreme than just perhaps maybe the simple annoyance that you experience. Um, and people, for people with misophonia, I think, um, you know what I'm really trying to do is just to be okay with it. So just learning to be okay with the condition first, because that's taken me a long time to sort of do like, like I said, I know that I've had this forever, but there wasn't a name for it for a while. And I really just recently discovered that name. So it took a lot of time of really accepting it. And then it's now taking me some time to kind of share it, which is really difficult. But I do feel like, The more of us who share this, the more folks are going to be aware. And I think we're going to be surprised that there's a lot more of us out there than we perhaps think that experience this and have yet to figure out what it is, just like all of us were, you know, several months ago, several years ago, whatever it's been.
1: So, I mean, your your primary modus operandi, I guess, is to get the hell out of there, to escape. But what if you can't? Like, what if you need to stick around? Uh, What are some of your coping mechanisms?
2: So some of the things that I do is I carry... Um Earplugs, and I carry my uh, earbuds around with me wherever I can. So in some situations, I'll just put earplugs in. So like if I'm at a movie theater, you can put earplugs in, and you can still hear the movie volume just fine, just like as if you were at a concert. So I actually do use my special headphone or my earplugs that I use for concerts for misophonia a lot. And those are downbeats, just in case anyone wants to know. Um, but those work really well because they block out a lot of the trigger noises while still allowing me to hear what's going on. Um, but sometimes I just need to have music. So that's what I'll put in my actual like earbuds and listen to some music. Um, Some other things that my therapist has talked to me with is um, doing some stuff like trying to focus on other things. So doing exercises like, you know, um, trying to find different things in the room that are purple you know different exercises like that so I try that if it's not too bad but sometimes the noise is just too extreme and maybe I can't put in earplugs or headphones and at that point I just try to do breathing exercises um, mostly to try to combat you know me potentially having a panic attack or for the um, you know side effects to get worse of being triggered by that sound
1: Aaron thanks so so much for being on the show and telling us about this
2: yes thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure
1: So that was the interview with Aaron. Um, Before moving on to the interview with OG Aristotle, I thought I would read a message that I got on Reddit from a user called Derek, who also has misophonia, and his situation is rather extreme, so uh, let's get into that right now. So Derek writes, Hi, I have misophonia and would be more than happy to share my, what my experience is like. I like to think that I'm good at verbal communication and good at simplifying concepts for anyone to understand. My misophonia is one of the more extreme variety. If I'm not able to remove myself from the offending sounds, or use headphones, I will experience extreme rage, which then develops into defeat, and will make me cry as though I'm being tortured. Thankfully, as I've gained more agency of my life as an adult, I have managed to not be brought to the state like when I was a child. I used to avoid people in general and wore a hearing device called a pink noise generator that played a constant soft whooshing sound. I have not worn them since leaving high school and I've found my symptoms to be much more mild at the age of 27, having developed my own personal tools for coping. My main offending sounds are chewing and the high-pitched hiss when people who have very straight teeth from having braces make with the S sound, most typically exclusive to females. The S sounds cause me physical pain in addition to stimulating the the fight-or-flight response. Weirdly enough, just seeing someone chewing gum in the safety of my own car's soundproof barriers will still invoke the same response where I believe my mind recreates the sound in my head. Just looking away is not enough, and I will feel the urge or inability to look away. Typically, I will see images of gruesome violence fantasized towards the offending person. A common thing I would see is taking a piano wire and ripping people's teeth out one by one. I'm a quite peaceful person and believe strongly in nonviolence the imagery for the most part is out of my control so that's just um i mean that is an amazing response and uh it it is really quite eye opening for people like me who don't have this condition just how painful it can be uh, to be out in public or to deal with other people so for the next interview we're going to hear Uh, from O.G. Aristotle about his situation and how he copes with misophonia.
0: Misophonia is, (laughs) a lot of people like to say, a disease, but it's really um, more of a condition um, that is the result of miswiring in the brain of -hmm. electrical signals. Um. I have significant hearing loss and uh, a lot of people that suffer from significant hearing loss early in childhood while their brains are still developing will often have uh, their electrical signals in their brain, the way that uh, the electrical signals run through the brain kind of remap themselves to try to make up for the difference in hearing loss. Mm -hmm. Um, And those electrical signals will often cross over the parts of the brain that respond or that control certain emotional responses or physiological responses. Uh, the, the biology of what makes humans tick. Um, so when I hear particular noises or, uh, other people with mis- misophonia hear particular noises or even see, um, particular things that would make noises just because of how the brain works. Um, it causes a physiological reaction that is often very strong and very negative
1: yeah and th- and that's where the word miso comes from you know it's a it's a negative sound i guess is is what misophonia means um i mean so what are what are some of your your own personal triggers when it comes to this
0: um, there are multiple different types of misophonia. Um, my, my personal um, sounds that activate my misophonia are centered around uh, eating and breathing sounds, um, wet fricative sounds, things that happen in the mouth when you're talking or chewing or that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. So actually, um, and, and I think that a a lot of people like it, I can see where that would be an issue because even if you look at a movie like Alien or something like that, they really play on that hard. The whole, all (laughs) those sounds, the squishy, even the word moist people don't like, uh, all that kind of stuff. But I guess it's just brought to a whole other level. Um, when you, when you have this, um, uh, condition. Uh, I know that personally, um, I, I, have a problem with people who eat very loudly and, and I, I don't actually know how they manage to do this physically. Like I'm sitting in a room and I will actually hear chomping noises from across the room. And yeah. I, I, I don't even know how that, how, how, first of all, I don't know how they can not hear that themselves and secondly i don't even know how they produce those noises it, it sounds like they're like just slamming their teeth together r- <laughs> really hard right like they're yeah. just clenching like crazy so there's that and i also have a problem with clocks like if i have um, a if repetitive i if
0: clicking sounds
1: yeah and it's so funny because my wife she's a problem with me tapping my foot because sometimes when I'm on the, you know, thinking or something, I'll tap my foot and or I'll kind of I'll kind of I'll, I'll stroke my legs with my my hands if I'm wearing a pair of pants. I don't know. Maybe I like the physical sensation of that, um, you know, just my knees. But uh, yeah, with a clock, I, I we actually got this cheap clock in the living room and at, at like a dollar store and I couldn't take it anymore. We had to order like a twenty five dollar clock from uh from walmart that that just it's like a, almost like a train station clock like it has a smooth movement
0: mm-hmm. or a so digital maybe, clock right
1: I, I don't know i mean i think it's for aesthetics we my wife didn't really <laughs> want a digital clock we wanted something sort of classical looking but uh i, I can kind of i kind of got what you're going for going with there and also actually um with me personally uh it's interesting because um, ever since I've been a child, and this isn't about sounds, this is more about feelings, uh, you know, uh, I, have had real problems wearing anything like turtlenecks, like any kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, wool products, and I've also had real, real issues with, uh, believe it or not, eating in bed. Like, the idea of crumbs going around drives me absolutely bonkers. So. Okay. I don't uh, know. What, I mean, go ahead.
0: It kind of fascinates me. Um, being someone with phonia myself, I always try to figure out what other people's experiences are. Um, what, so what's your physio, what's your physiological reaction to that? Cause there's multiple different types that you can have. So, um,
1: when it comes to, uh, the, uh, the, the touch side of it, um, like let's say someone's frying up something in a deep fryer or someone is uh you know or or I have crumbs. It seems to be made worse when I have like something sticky like a like honey on toast dry the thought of it actually it sends these horrible shivers down my spine, and i I just sort of shudder like I want to just back away, and it's very. It's very irrational and so you know other people can eat that but I, I can't handle it and my, my I think my worst nightmare would be to be in a room with a deep fryer going so I feel the grease kind of coating my my face and I'm wearing a turtleneck sweater and and someone's trying to force feed me toast with with honey on it I think I would go insane at that point wow yeah it's, it's a big nightmare. Everyone laughs when they hear it. But, uh, I mean, I, I think that could be the same thing with misophonia, right? People are like, okay, you know, what's your problem, right? It, it, we're just eating. These are just natural sounds.
0: Yeah, I've never really understood that response. Um, I think it's more so a lack of people understanding um, that it's not, it's, it's not a preference. Uh, it's a physical condition. It's yeah. It's not as though I am annoyed. It's not that I'm irritated. It's that I have a visceral physical reaction to these stimuli. So I'm doing the best that I can to um, handle those, you know, in an appropriate way without flying off the handle. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I mean with- you wouldn't you wouldn't tell someone who's blind, "Well, just get over it." Right,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, what are, I mean, what are your so so I guess you get sort of a similar sensation as me. I, I just get for me, I'm less misophonia, I'm more sensorial like touch. So for me, I, I just get extremely agitated and kind of mm-hmm. panicky and uh, um, I'll, I'll I'll go into the bathroom and repeatedly wash my face.
0: Yeah, my um, my reactions are much more immediate and abrupt um, and really unexpected uh, I will, my heart beats really fast, uh, I get very angry and very tense um, I start to sweat and it's just 0 to 60 in no time at all um, one second I will be sitting down just being absolutely fine um, maybe someone will be Eating or something will be on TV, a commercial, uh, someone will take a bite of something uh, on a like a food commercial, right? Right. I mean, and you can't turn on the TV without seeing a food commercial. Uh, so I will sit down and a commercial will play, someone will take a bite out of a burger or um, take a drink of soda through a straw, and I will immediately be in a fight or flight situation, very angry. Um, and it takes a lot of willpower and self-control to just calm down and don't let anything happen. Um, and the longer you live with that, the more you develop avoidances for those sorts of things, right? Um, Thanksgiving, for instance, uh, current events. Uh, Thanksgiving is supposed to be a time when you go and you appreciate your family and your friends and you spend time with them. And it's a, it's a big eating holiday. (laughs) It's, it's a holiday about eating. Um, for me, it's torture.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I I would imagine that would be the worst. And, And the problem, I guess, with society is that we link, uh, I mean, Eating is such a huge social um, glue in our society. Like, that's what people do. They they either go eat or they drink. Like, what are you doing Saturday night? We're going to go eat or drink. Even when you watch Mm -hmm. a movie, you go and you eat the popcorn, right? Which is crunchy.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love popcorn. I love popcorn. I can't chew it.
1: So does this noise affect you too? I mean, so it's not just y- when you're in a room with other people. Is it other people that annoy y- you only, or is it, is it? Um, and I sh- probably shouldn't even be using the word annoy. Is it? Is it other sounds coming from other people that affects you this way, or is it? Or is it just? Is it yourself as well? Like, do you hear it coming out of your mouth, and does that cause issues?
0: Um, sometimes. But they're very... I've, I'm have i a scientist at heart. And I've um, run a lot of different tests and everything else. You know, unscientific tests to figure out exactly what um, my sounds are, exactly in what situations um, I'm more likely to be activated, uh, all of these different sorts of things. And I... Can do it to myself, um, but it's more often other people, um, or just even a recording of a sound. Yeah, um, we recorded um, several different types of sounds and played them all while we were trying to narrow down what it was exactly that was um, getting me in such a state, and uh, we've kind of narrowed it out these are this is what's doing this um so it's it's just a very abrupt physiological response to particular individual stimuli um
1: and and when and and when you uh when you you say we is this like you and family members, friends, or or is it like actual, are you actually going to get, are you getting actual like some sort of like uh, therapy for this?
0: How, who, who's oh, we? Oh, um, uh, my wife and I, um, I have a master's in professional counseling. I'm not a practicing counselor or therapist, um, but I have a lot of friends who are. I've spoken to them about this. We've done a lot of different techniques, uh, a lot of different things that I've taught myself how to do, um, to kind of handle this and survive with this condition. Um, mm-hmm. I try to tell people who also suffer from this, like this, this may not work for you, but this is at least what has helped me get to where I am so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the mindfulness of it and everything else and how to convey it to people in a way that they understand because it's one of those experience. It's, it's one of those conditions where it's invisible until it's at least in my case, very, very obvious. Um, when I'm standing, just for instance, when I'm standing there, um, just having coffee, with a friend and they drink their coffee and they make a noise when they drink their coffee and i immediately crush my coffee mug in my hand and break it into pieces that's yeah. pretty obvious <laughs> you know
1: yeah yeah and it it, it it sounds a little bit like uh i mean i Personally, I've had some issues in the past and, and still occasionally with uh, um, anxiety and panic attacks. So uh, sometimes I'll catch myself, my heart racing, etc. And there's no, um, like for instance, um, giving blood. I, I can't handle giving blood. I mean, not only can I not handle uh, blood tests when they're happening, but I can't even handle thinking about blood tests. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, even the thought of it makes me crazy. And the thing is that um, I can handle needles. uh, I can handle stuff injecting into me. I just can't handle stuff being withdrawn from me. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting. And um, there's something very deep down inside. So people will say, oh, just take a deep breath or just think about something else, or you know, don't worry. You know, it's just a little needle. It's only like a little bit of blood, etc. But what I try to tell them is that um, the fear isn't coming from any kind of rational place. It's coming from somewhere that is just so deep inside that um, it it just grips me, and and I I'm I'm almost like an observer. I'm observing myself being terrified. Mm-hmm so it it and and the way the only way i found to sort of cope with this is to is to just constantly try to tell myself that everything is going to be okay but it it's mm-hmm. very terrifying and i don't know if that is similar to the you, the responses you have or not
0: um for and <laughs> so when i discovered that misophonia existed um That it was an actual thing. Uh, It was actually a huge relief to me. Um, Up until that point, I'd lived my entire life um, believing that I was insane and that there was something wrong with me. Uh, Ever since I was an infant, a child, um, family gatherings, reunions, you know, people get together for a meal. Uh, and I would, when I was a baby, my mother told me that I would just scream and cry um until she took me off into a corner far away from everybody else where I couldn't hear anything. Um, this has been with me my entire life, and it never had a name. Um, I just, I, I believed myself to actually be insane. Um and then when i finally discovered what this was and that it was something that is manageable it was i had i had a mission i had a goal it's like okay i know what this is now i learn how to live with it
1: yeah that, that I mean um, that that's great. Go, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you.
0: No, uh, it's 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 just one of those things where um, you live your. I mean, you live your entire life thinking that you're broken, malformed, insane, like just not right. That there's something wrong with you, and mm-hmm. then you discover, okay, this is. It sounds silly to say, but this is just an aspect of who I am. This is a condition. This is something that I can learn about, that I can test. I can measure. I can learn how to help others because if I have it, other people have it.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting how... um until rather recently I didn't even know what this was I, I never even heard of it either um so I mean I guess it's good that there's some awareness occurring uh I don't know if that's because of the internet that's occurring or or what is causing the uh increase in in awareness but as you said like if people uh go and they find uh you know the groups on reddit and, and uh other other sources i i mean at least they know that they're not alone and that they're there there's a you know there are other people with this and that there are ways of as you say coping mm-hmm. so uh i mean i guess in in concluding i mean wh- what would you have to say to other people who uh either have never heard of this or who you know ha- know somebody who says they have it and, and, you know, by all, by all appearances, they do have this, uh, this, uh, condition, what, what would you have to say to those people?
0: To which group?
1: To, uh, I guess to wives, uh, husbands, sisters, brothers, friends of people who have misophonia.
0: Um first to the group of people that have misophonia um, it's, it's real it's happening to you it's okay but it doesn't control you you need to find ways to be in control um, because it is something that you can learn about yourself how to live with and it's not going to be easy but you can do it and to the people who live with people with misophonia um, and struggle with it I assume um, we are trying so hard to approximate normal <laughs> we are to go on the earlier metaphor we are blind and trying so hard to see
1: yeah um, great so listen uh, OG uh, thanks so so much for being on the show and uh, sharing a little about misophonia
0: yeah uh, anytime thank you very much
1: so that was the interview with og aristotle and uh it's pretty powerful stuff um again uh extraordinary the struggles that people who have misophonia go through and nobody really seems to hear about it i know i don't hear about it in everyday life at all uh, I'd like to thank OG Aristotle and Aaron for both being on the show, and I'd like to thank Derek for submitting his response as well to the uh, to the Reddit post that I put up. I'd like to remind you that uh, OG Aristotle actually has his own Twitch channel. I'll be putting a link in the show notes. And he also is on JAPC on Twitch and another show called One Step Forward, also on Twitch. And all that will be in the show notes. And um, I'd like to thank the Fantastic Plastics for providing the, uh, the music, the intro and the outro music. And like to encourage you to visit their Bandcamp page. That'll be in the show notes. And uh, as always, I'm reading reviews of the show. And there were a couple that were left recently, actually. One is from user HR1632 from the USA, and it's called Diversity. Every episode almost is a different subject matter with a new guest that usually provides great material. Sometimes things get a little dirty, but who doesn't want that? Keep going, and I'll keep listening. Thanks so much, HR1632. Um... Also, we have a review here from Harvey1240 from Australia. And Harvey writes, Great and sometimes surprising guests. A professional host that knows how to let his guests talk. And best of all, no agenda. Just open-mindedness and curiosity about the human condition. If you love interview podcasts, you should absolutely share Slice with Sean. Thanks so, so much, Harvey. So... um." It's at this point that I'd like to ask you all, if you can, to leave a review on iTunes um, or leave some uh, comments on the show in any way to just let me know that there's people out there listening. Sometimes it can get to be a bummer as a show producer if you don't get a lot of uh, feedback. Uh, Also, follow me on Slice's podcast over at Twitter or share a slice podcast at Instagram. Uh, Those are the two main places where I'm posting right now. So uh, as always, thanks so, so much for listening, and please do come back next
0: time. Have a great day.